episode. Another episode of the Chris and Daryl podcast. Better than last week. Yeah, it was actually <laughs> rocking. Yeah. This episode is sponsored by 45th Parallel. That's the distillery over there in New Richmond, Wisconsin. We're going to give this stuff a try. And uh, raise the cheers. We're tasting their five year old bourbon. Five year old bourbon. Mm. Definitely good. Excited to talk about that. Yeah. 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 I'm also excited to uh, have Nate here on the fucking podcast. Yeah. Right? Episode two already. Episode two? Already. Already. And the sponsors yeah. are flowing in. It's like uh, we're going live to millionsoflisteners.com soon. Millionsoflisteners.com. We got some happenings in Stillwater this week. Um, yeah, happenings. Some fun things, even though it's going to be negative what? 30. 30, and then a wind chill of negative 50. Ooh, Call man. it good. Man. Anyway, on Tuesday nights, there's an open mic at the Tilted Tiki. Uh, I would check online. There is a chance that they might be closed tomorrow. And, uh, it, yeah, because it's going to get so cold. Uh, but that's every Tuesday, so just something to plug. On Wednesday nights, out at the Wild Badger in New Richmond, there's a really fun jam that goes on. And uh, that's put on by Third Wheel Project. Thursday nights at the Lift Bridge in their tap room. Come out and drink some good beer, like Hop Dish, Farm Girl. They have a bunch of session beers. And uh, then on Fridays down at the next stop in Holton, Wisconsin at 3 o'clock. That's kind of a hidden secret. Don't tell anybody about it. But we Holton have a, is a hidden secret? Holton, Wisconsin on Fridays. Finally Friday. Fireball. And where's Friday. Holton again? No. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Houston? <laughs> you can see it if you go like this from Stillwater. Yeah, no, you can't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, what's this... Uh, there's a winter carnival going on right now. Is that true? The that... St. Paul Winter Carnival, I believe. Yeah, what's that? Every year, same thing. Kind of a big deal. Yep. Families get out. There's activities and events, and they do their medallion hunt every year. Ever since I can remember as a kid, they've always done a medallion hunt. So what's that entail? They hide a little medallion, like a, I don't know, it looks like a silver dollar, maybe bigger, whatever. It's different. I think it's different every year, too. But they hide it, and then they give clues every week. <clears throat> and As to where it is, and, yeah. it's, and you find another clue? Or does it walk you down a treasure hunt? I, I'm not super familiar exactly with it, because I only hunted for it when I was a little kid. But um, I think that they just release one clue a week. You don't, like, go to another clue and find that clue. Okay. It's not like that, I don't think. What you do is you... Read the clue. It might lead you to a dog park or whatever. Um, you go. It's actually kind of funny. Sometimes you'll get to these parks and it'll have snowed six inches like it did just yesterday. Yeah. And people will clear out that whole field. Out there with, well, they'll be out there with shovels and like they go nuts on it because if you find it, it's 10,000 bucks. Man, that's how they get the that's how they get the Viking or the open stadiums clear of snow. They're yeah, like, they're Well, like, we'll put a clue there and shove <laughs> up yeah, exactly. that parking lot. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. So and then when it when the, the clues get closer and closer to the final clue, it starts getting nuts and like everybody's starting to hone in on an area. And like my buddy last year or whatever year it was a few years ago, he he had a pretty awesome story. Everybody's like, it's the final clue night. Everybody knows it's at this park, and there's like thousands of people there just frantically pulling logs and shoveling snow and digging around. And of course, you know, at some point, 
And if, and if it doesn't get found that night, eventually it gets found. It always gets found. And it's so the contest goes on until it's found. Yes. And I, and I don't know for sure if it always gets found. I believe that it has always been found, but yeah. maybe if you do a Google search on it or something, yeah. find out if somebody, if one year or the clue of this week, <clears throat> Hey Nick, pull up and see if anyone has ever not found the St. Paul winter carnival medallion. That'd be pretty funny if they hadn't, but so, you know, it goes, it just kind of slowly dials down in until it's just like this free for all. We know it's in this park and it's everybody's looking for 10,000 bucks. So it can get kind of crazy. It appears that the medallion has always been found um, at a quick search of never found. They actually uh, um, list all the locations where it has been seen, has been found. All right. There you go. So it's always been found. By the way, that's Nick Simon. He's our uh, cohort. He's back there on the computer. He's going to. We can ask him. We can ask him questions and. Great point. And he gives us the answers. We like that. We do like that. Um, so some of the happenings this week uh, on February second is the uh, Rock the Slopes at Alp, Afton Alps, and that's a big family day put on by a couple of a uh, couple of great businesses here in the Twin Cities. And uh, yeah, it's a good day to get out with your family and enjoy this cold weather. And I think it might be. Actually warming up by Saturday. Uh, yeah. Yeah, maybe up in the 20s or 30s. Um, also on February 2nd is the 13th annual Hot Air Affair balloon launch. And that launches out of Hudson up at Rock Elementary. And uh, that's fun. Like one of the things when I came from Alaska, I didn't see many hot air balloons. So when I first moved here and all of a sudden I saw these hot air balloons rising above the river you know, I didn't know which way Hudson was, but I'm like, what is going on? You know, like these guys are crazy. And anyway, that that's a lot of fun. Kids love it. Um, Friday, February 8th at 630, we have last week's guest, Cassandra Cole, playing live at the Lions Tavern in Stillwater. And uh, yeah, she's an awesome artist. And uh, you know what time that shows at? 630. 630. Yep. 630 at the Lions Tavern. And uh Go check her out on our website. She's a great gal, hard worker, mom of multiple kids, and she works hard. So uh, Two sets of twins, I believe. Two sets of twins. Actually, if you go back and check out our first podcast, she was our musical guest. and Quite a voice, quite a talent, great songwriter. So uh, Tonight we have Grant Walker on the show, and uh, he's playing his song, Hold Me Gently. And, uh, yeah, we'll have him on a little bit later. Great guy. Yeah, we're about to go into our next segment. Yeah, which is, let me guess, the freaking cold. <laughs> oh, man. Everybody's talking about it. Because what else do we have to talk about in Minnesota besides when it gets 30 below? Right. And, and we all we think got, we have it easy because it's been in the 40s and then maybe down in the teens. And then Yeah. Is it actually, speaking of cold, are you getting cold right now? No, but I'm showing off my ninja suit. So <laughs> I'm surprised how many people here... Just go out in their shorts, like my dad, for example. He, like he he's out there this morning. Well, yesterday morning, and he's doing stuff in the in the garage with the door open in his shorts and his hat and down jacket. And I'm like, Dad, you need to distribute this heat differently. <laughs> but he's been doing it for a long time, so um, it's that mind over matter thing. I run. Yeah. I'm most of the time, even when it's this cold, I don't put a jacket on if I'm just going out to my truck or if I need to go clean the. Snow off the windshield. It, You're not gonna die. 
I'm worried about like exposed skin <clears throat> with the wind chill. Like if it's yeah. blowing anything and that's a difference between where I come from and where you come from. Yeah. Here, like in this part of the world, there's that thing called wind chill. Yeah. And it's really gnarly. Yeah. Well, it's it's everywhere actually. I know, you know it's everywhere. But the 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 moral of the story with wind chill is that basically the way they formulate it is when let's just say that it's zero degrees outside and you're and there's zero wind, everything is is acclimated to zero degrees or whatever. But your skin, on the other hand, loses heat. So when wind blows, so you got a zero degree wind blowing on your skin, your skin cools off faster. And that's how they measure wind chill. It's and and there's a little bit of debate about it, but if you research it, um, really what wind chill is, that it's a thing. Your skin, things that have skin or feel temperature, organic things. Yes, yeah, and things that um are holding a lot of heat, they'll lose their heat faster with a wind versus okay. a non-wind. So it it is actually colder to us, to um, a rock that's sitting in zero degrees, when a cold wind blows over it. It doesn't. It, the rock is still zero degrees because it was there to begin with. Well, yeah, and it's, it's not. The wind isn't taking more. The wind is only zero degrees, so it can't make the rock colder than zero degrees. But on your skin, your skin is warmer than zero degrees, and when wind blows on it, it cools down faster. So, so because there's heat in the skin, yep. yes, and the and the wind is taking away the heat. I wonder faster. if that has to do with water too, because like, what if I take a rock from a fire pit and Put it in the wind at zero yeah. degrees. Yes, I think it would. Versus in just zero degrees, does one cool down faster? Yes, and I think that's how, actually how they figured out how to judge wind chill is that there was a team of scientists that were experimenting with bottles of water and how fast they'd cool or how fast they'd freeze uh, in different wind temperatures, different oh, wind okay. environments, and they found there to be a big difference. Huh. So yeah, um, obviously, if you're testing something at in zero degree weather and it's liquid water, it's obviously above 32 degrees. So there's still heat in there. Right. And so they could measure how fast that heat would dissipate out of the water and freeze it. So that's, so it's a thing. It is and, a thing. Yes. And, and when, yeah, people say, Oh, perceived coldness. Well, it's not really, it's perceived by us and we're the ones that are feeling it and we're <laughs> so the ones that are going to die. If It's if, actually real. <laughs> yes. It's an actual thing. So you actually do experience the wind chill and, and all you got to do is walk outside when it's 30 below and have a brisk wind hit your face. You're going to feel it instantaneously. It almost kind of hurts. And and something I'd like to talk about today um, is just being prepared when you're in your car and in these kind of temperatures. Like when I left today, I put on my wool ninja suit, my snow pants, my big socks, my boots. Like I put on everything in case I run over on the side of the road and have to dig myself out. And I think a lot of people... And including me in my past, like I've been guilty of not being prepared. And I think it's something super important, you know, carry Gore-Tex, you know, yeah. or some type of windbreaker that takes away that wind chill. And then your mid layer, which is going to be down or a fleece and your base layer, which might be your suit on your way to work. But in reality, in a survival situation, the golden rule is zero cotton, no cotton against your skin because it doesn't dry. Yep. And I experienced that today when I was snow blowing. Uh, I had my a cotton t-shirt on with my Gore-Tex really nice warm jacket, but I, I got wet. Yeah. 
Cause it just, yeah. And that doesn't happen when you're wearing your base layer, like your under armor type of skin tight wicking, wicking. moisture wicking yep. materials. It's the, when they talk about the layers, the base layer, the mid layer and the, your shells, your Gore-Tex shells and all that. It's not a joke. That stuff no. works. It's, and it, it's fun how it works. Yeah. It's trapping air. Yeah. And you're, it's, it's almost like a mini ecosystem expelling water away from your body. It's wicking it away. Yeah. It's wicked. Cool. Wicked. Cool. <laughs> wicked. And it's fun to wear it too. Cause when you go outside when it's really cold out, you're just like, yeah, yeah I'm it's good to go. Good to go. Yeah. And actually even hop on a snowmobile. I, I always use this one example cause it was seemingly death defying, but I was on a snowmobile and it got really cold. Like it was like negative 10 or so just regular ambient temperature. And I was wearing my all my layers, and I had to, you know, drive my, or ride my snowmobile like 60 miles at night, and it was getting colder and colder by the minute. And, of course, you're riding at 30 miles an hour on an average or whatever. So the wind chill and everything, is it's cold. But I remember that was like one of the first times I really got to see this Gore-Tex and the layer system. I was totally fine, 100%. 100%. Yeah, 100%. Felt like I was an astronaut on a different yeah. planet. yeah. That's how it feels, and especially when you got nice boots. Yeah. I was coming home from a gig in Cannon Falls at the winery down there one night, and I'm driving home. I just got this Tahoe, and I was uh, I had the window down, and I'm just blasting music and, and blasting the heat, and I had the window down, and all of a sudden my headlights and everything just shut down with my window down and the other window down, and I drifted over to the side of the road. I have no lights. I can't get my windows up. It's cold. It's like this cold and blowing from the West and I'm driving North and I was still sweaty from my show and I didn't, I was not prepared and I was 45 minutes away from Stillwater and, uh, down by, uh, was, is around Fairbolt. No, it was Cannon Falls, but I took, I took, kind of took the, a different road up that was quicker at high speeds, but actually was like kind of longer. My friend came and rescued me in the middle of the night and uh, picked me up, and I was sitting there just like picked you up and, and rescued you. Or? I was so cold, <laughs> I was just shivering. And it's like, dude, I usually carry a bag with me, and I just didn't. And I was sweaty, and uh, I, you know, I've nobody was stopping. Yeah, it was bad. Like I, I was. Well, there's. I mean, that's the reason. Sean Klein, thanks for helping me out with my alternator that day. You're the man. <laughs> yeah. So I was in this uh, Arctic winter survival course in Alaska, and and uh, these professors were mountaineers that had been, have been all over the world. And we, from October to January, that was my course, and we went out every weekend and built shelters. And uh, as in like, okay, if we're in the woods and we have to build something, how do we do it? So it started with sticks and then it started to snow. And then depending on snowpack, we would build these snow shelters and sleep in them overnight. And the class was maybe 10 people. So it was really cool to see because any source of light is just exploding out of the snow. And then you have the stars and the Aurora Borealis and everybody has their little igloo or snow cave going on. And sleeping out there in those cold nights was pretty... It was pretty neat, and we did it for a long time as humans, you know. As humans? Yeah, just as people. But uh-huh. most people, I think, if they did that nowadays, uh-uh. it ain't going to happen, man. Like, something's given. I know what they're 
with their iPhones and where do you plug it in? Well, the I was going to say, yeah, I mean, you know, there's a nickname out there, uh, you know, snowflakes, but we don't, not necessarily sure if they like snow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Might edit that one out. Yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> that's, that's, that's okay. <laughs> no. I'm glad I don't have to hunt. I have no idea where to hunt for fish tacos. <laughs> well, <laughs> depends how picky you are. Yeah, so uh, let's talk about the uh, the Amory Alliance, the Art Alliance up there in Amory. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, there's an old theater up there with a broken roof. Beautiful theater. It has a player piano in it, uh, kind of like you do, and uh, a bunch of scrolls, tons of scrolls, and they're trying to raise money right now to fix the leaky roof, and it's uh, just over a hundred thousand dollars, and uh, we're gonna try to help them get there in in things that we can do. I know there's a couple shows coming up there on February third. It's uh, from two to five. There's an open stage. And all of the donations, there's going to be a, like a goodwill basket. So whoever wants to donate, all of those donations are going to the theater. And uh, it might be a cool way to support them. I know Amory's a little ways off, but um, maybe some people will venture out there and check it out. I know I am. And uh, then on February 10th, you got Nikki Pepper's acoustic birthday party at the theater out there. And that's pretty exciting. Nikki is an amazing songwriter. Um, I've had the pleasure of playing music with her and traveling around, uh, just making music and writing music. And she's just, just a true songwriter and we'll have her on here. as one of our guests at some point in time. That'd be great. Yeah, it would be. So this episode's sponsor is from 45th parallel distillery. Yeah. And they were nice enough to gift us with a bottle of some of their bourbon Straight bourbon whiskey. Not just some of it. That's the that's the five year stuff. That's like, yeah. And well, I'll let you describe a little more of it before I go, because all I truly <laughs> know of it is uh, what I just tasted, and I and it's fantastic. I don't. Yeah, it's pretty good. This is super smooth, and it's, but it's got like this. Uh, I don't know if to call it smoky or oaky. Smooth though. I wasn't expecting it Super to be smooth. I, yeah, it's really smooth. Yeah. Yeah. That was my, my, when I first tasted it, I was like, whoa, this is really good. I, it, my, I, my guess is that this is a pretty expensive bottle. Yeah. And cause it, cause it's hard to get, uh, I don't, I don't think I've tasted the cheap stuff tastes as good. Well, actually, the online description does say we are currently releasing whiskey at four years of age using traditional aging techniques and medium char in Ozark white oak barrels. Oh, there you go. Huh. 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 Well, uh, um, you can definitely taste the oak. I taste like a caramely thing because it, it, I associate that caramely thing with like the smoothness of it. And, you know, it says it's 92 proof. 46% alcohol. I'm not getting it to be super hot. It's not super hot. Oh, I just got a message from a buddy that we have to prank phone call this lady. I guess she's crazy. Um, uh, I'm going to do a southern accent. All right. Here we go. Hello. 
this is this my Marty? No, no, no. You couldn't be my Marty. He only calls me on Mother's Day or President's Day. <laughs> I love that slick Willie. No, this is Billy. And uh, we met outside. Billy, Billy. I don't know. The, the Schwan guy? He had some Billy? I don't know what Billy. Well, a couple of years ago, I bought some. I bought some ferrets from you a couple of years ago. Remember that when the gerbils were in. You remember that time at that truck stop and you sold me some ferrets. Ferrets. No, I. Ferrets. Yeah, you sold me some ferrets and you sold me some tubes and the ferret goes in the tube, and uh, well, I got no. them. I got them tubes stuck. So I need to order me up some more ferrets and more tubes. This, have you been playing in the garbage? Ferrets. You know what a ferret is. You sold them to me, you son of a bitch. If I, I don't know anything about any ferrets, Billy. Are you, selling, are you selling me ferrets? No, you sold me ferrets. I didn't sell you a ferret. Yeah, you did. You have, had that cute... You had that cute little wife, and, yep, and and I don't have dealings with ferrets. Well, well, maybe I must have the wrong number. You very well might. This ferret talk. Oh man, I had to hang up on her. I couldn't keep that going. No. <laughs> she kind of sounded uh, like I would have thought that was a man. Yeah. Well, um, she kept hacking in the background too. Yeah, there was something weird going on there. What was she kept saying, Madi? Yeah, I don't know. Is that like mother? That was a pretty good one, though. She was definitely pretty interesting, to say the least. Yeah, well, we might do another prank phone call or two. We'll try to get one of our friends cooking on it. Yeah. Uh, I know one of the things we were going to talk about today were the uh, last week we dove into the business mm-hmm. a little bit, you know? And yeah. The, the, the three things it takes to have a successful business. Yeah. Right. I've been thinking about those three things all week long, dude. Cause it's true. It is true. Yes. The and entrepreneur, the manager, manager and the technician. That's it. All three of them. Yep. You need them. Yep. And I've been thinking about that all week and I've been thinking about it in all of my time, like doing these business endeavors, like building websites and making commercials for so-and-so and like, it's like, Man, I try to do it all, all the time, even with my music model that I'm, or my music business model. Yeah, I wish I had a music model. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> but but uh, that's something I've never done really. Is until recently, I feel like I built a team with Third Wheel, in in uh, bringing in Miss Lori Lofstrom. To, to help manage the web stuff and and but that's it man like I've it's like try to I try to take it all on and uh yeah that conversation I had with you last week really kind of made me think about it all week long and it makes sense yeah I know that's why you're thinking about it because it's like truth knowledge and it and it makes perfect sense and too many of us are just not we don't even think it doesn't come to our brains as entrepreneurs because entrepreneurs typically think they can do it all. And it's hard to designate. It's very hard to designate. And it's even harder to actually do all the jobs properly. And that's the problem is, yes, they can all be done by one guy. Squirrel. Right? Yeah. Because it's like we have another idea, another thought. Oh, I need to do this first. And then there's not someone that's like, okay, hold on. Yeah. 
here's what we need to do first to do this, to do this. Keep talking to yourself over there in the corner, but here's what we're going to do first. Yep. You know? Yep. I think that's uh, yeah, it's part of team building. Yes. But the entrepreneur is the one that has to start it and uh, typically can't afford to be paying for a manager. Definitely can't be paying for un- two employees, which would be the technician and the or another yeah. entrepreneur. Yeah. <laughs> then you're really up Brown Creek. <laughs> oh. No, but that's, you know, just understanding that and having that conversation with a, a friend or a business partner or anything like that, it rings true to all of them. It really does. Yeah. Yeah. The entrepreneur has the ideas. They they have the ambition and the drive to start something new, maybe that nobody's thought of, like sending a rocket that comes and lands back down. Like Elon Musk is an obvious good example of a crazy entrepreneur, but he believed he could do it. I'm sure that he had nothing but naysayers all around him. Like, dude, you can't land a rocket like that. But You just have to believe in yourself and do it. Yeah. And then you find the people to help you do it that believe in your, your goals and passions too. So that's kind of the little fundamental secret secret. Today we have Grant Walker on the episode. Hi. How's it going, brother? It's going. Awesome singer, songwriter. Uh, met you a couple years ago and we became quick brothers. Yes, we did. Yep. And uh, yeah, I'm glad to have you on and talk about your music. Yeah. And Absolutely. Thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I can't think of anything better to do, actually. Playing music is my favorite thing to do, so... And hanging out with you guys is always a blast, too. Sweet. Obviously. So you've been through some difficult stuff, as we all go through, and you've figured out how to write these powerful songs that really jerk at your fucking heart. Pardon my language, but it really does. Like I find myself playing with you sometimes on stage and just like, this song is the best song ever. It's, it's, it's awesome to be part of, brother. It it feels really good to be able to share um, experiences and feelings that I've had going through. Um, it's not just the last few years, but really my entire life. And I I don't feel as if I've had a horrible life or anything like that. But um, it's good to have an outlet. It's really good. And that's what music is good for. Releases your brain into a different thing whatever that thing is, but it's powerful and it's there. It's uh, become my home over like probably the last 10 years or so. It's, it's where I like to be for sure. I like going back through the videos that you and I made uh, when we lived together on the North Hill there <laughs> and uh, great memories, man. Yeah. And we sit down and just improvise songs and happen to have hit record and I like going back and listening to those and and uh it's a cool journey man tell us about this song that um you played tonight okay well it's called hold me gently um I wrote it it was about two and a half years ago now I think during the summer I believe um it was kind of taken from a bunch of different pieces of my life um, and it all just kind of, like I sat down on my bed one day up at the house in Wilkins and it just kind of, it was musical vomit at the time it just came out. It was really quick, like five minutes, boom, done. And, um, 
the most i think what inspired me to write the song the most was we had played a gig at lion's tavern out on the patio and um, my son connor was with me brought him with and there's actually pictures of that show he's playing cajon up on stage and everything we had a really good really good day and uh i remember that day yeah yeah Hallie was, was there um kenny was there like the whole third wheel crew was there casey was there uh messenger mike was there keith the whole roster pretty much at that time was all there and uh he was running around on on the patio playing they've got the big connect four game and they had the giant jenga he was running around and he had fallen down or something tripped and he came running up to me he's like daddy daddy hold me gently and it kind of just stuck in my head and planted the seed and uh yeah it was like a day or two later i sat down and wrote the song that's awesome man is it gonna make it on a new album you're working on or uh i'm hoping so i'm i'm really i kind of faded away from my music for a little while over the past year but i'm trying to come back long and strong i guess and uh so i'm really really want to try and push the song and and get it out there um not only you know it'd be nice to make a little residual income off of my music but also just to share with people um i play it at shows every show i play i play it at and someone always has something really good to say about it so um it makes me confident that people that hear it even if they don't know me they'll enjoy it and relate to it and that's the most important thing for me is relating to other people with my music awesome yeah you do an awesome job man thank you so <clears throat> getting it onto an album what does that entail do you have more songs written like it or i do have more songs written i'm right now i think i have i'm rolling around like 20 or 30 songs and obviously you don't want to put that many songs on an album but um i I definitely think that I've got some very strong songs in addition to hold me gently and cat scratch. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a fun one. We should do that one. Us three together sometime. We should. Seriously. That's a a cool song. song. Yeah. Daryl's an awesome drummer. In case nobody knows. Like I know. (laughs) Awesome. I haven't heard him drum before. Drummer drummers are cursed. (laughs) because <laughs> they end up with three drum kits <laughs> in one studio. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> That's not the curse. Uh, oh. It goes deeper than that. Oh. <laughs> yeah. There's no notes or chords <clears throat> on a drum set. Well, at least you're not a bassist. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, Keith. Sorry, Keith. <laughs> oh. Well, thanks for coming on, brother. We're yeah, going to get to your song, and uh, we'll have you back on. Where are you playing next? I play every Wednesday evening from 6 to 9 p.m. at the Tilted Tiki. And then I have um, a show at Lions Tavern on March 30th. Great. And I know you're on the Third Wheel Project website, but where else can we find you online? Um, I am also on ReverbNation.com. Grant Walker Music, just type it in. I'll pop up. Um, I think I'm... Rank. Grant Walker Music? Yes, okay. Grant Walker Music. Um, and also uh, Facebook.com backslash Grant Walker Music. So, All right. Yeah. 
Yeah, or come down to the tiki, and uh, if you're lucky, he'll make you a delicious meal. That's right. Because yeah. I cook, too. And speaking of the tiki, yeah. I believe that the owner of the tiki is yeah, going to be... the co- owner was supposed to come on tonight, and uh, he got sick. He we're going to reschedule really that, though. So we're going to reschedule that. And yeah. I actually uh, kind of sat down and composed a tiki-esque song last night. Ooh. That, but it's way too cool. <laughs> but it actually, Well, I was just... Too cool well, for I what? picked up the ukulele and I'm like, I, I was going to set it across the room. And then I started playing and I'm like, dude, I'm all set up to record right now. So I went and hit record and laid two ukulele parts and a piano part. And it's just like, it just makes me happy, you know? And I'm like, well, yeah, like when maybe when Chris comes on, we'll take just a little segment and bring it into it. But next week. Yeah. Very cool. Put the lime in the coconut. Oh, no. Yeah, I think that's already been done, though. No, that was just a squirrel. Oh. <laughs> a squirrel. Definitely wasn't a gray squirrel. <laughs> kind of on that black squirrel. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, geez. I'm lost. Yeah. You're supposed to be. I, it's okay. You got the text. Oh. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> All right, well. All right. Well, thank you for joining us. Yep. Thanks and, for having uh, me. We're definitely going to be looking for you at the Tiki, and we'll be down there periodically, and hopefully have more episodes where we can have you guys on. And that'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. We should do cat scratch next. We should. And have like drums, and then I'll play something, unless he's afraid to play drums. <laughs> well, what we can do too is with these live recordings, we can also overdub drums and stuff like that. And we still have a live performance, but overdub drums all in the same room. So the vibe is all the same. Nice. It's yeah. actually, I think it'll be pretty cool. I'm excited. And you saw this thing. Yeah. He yeah, runs his drum suit there now. Ooh. And it provides a super awesome sound. Yeah. Like yeah. Real True analog. Yeah. It's the way to go. Yeah. And you can actually, it's a four track, so you can actually record four instruments into it at once. And then you can bounce it onto the computer or you can, track whatever you want and run everything one by one through there and bounce Ooh. them back to the computer. So cool. that's really what I want to use it for is taking the, the tracks we record digitally, run them through the analog. It gives them a little warmth, the little bit of that fuzzy sound that you mm-hmm. get from analog. And then it does something special to bass and drums that you can't, can't people get say you can just get the plug in, but no, no, no. it ain't the same. I'm that guy on the side of the fence saying, there's a difference, but then there's 50% of the guys on the other side saying, you can't tell a difference. <laughs> and then they can A, B, and yeah. you can lose. So, yeah. I mean, it's it's it really is, I don't know. There's something to it, though, I think. And a big part of what is it is uh, the hobby-esque part of it. Yeah. We grew up in the 80s. Yeah. That thing was made in 1984, okay. and that was the real deal. Yeah, I was three yeah. years old when that Real was. deal. <laughs> it's like... <clears throat> that's cool yeah so we'll experiment with it or you know write an older an older style song or something yeah. and we'll just record it through that and just bounce it right in and call it done that's how they used to do it yeah so One this it, yeah. Uh, I went to visit with the board up there in Amory at the theater and the radio station up there yeah and I'd love to help them out because they're raising money to fix the roof and they took me up into the projection screen room in the theater and this, it's so amazing. Like, I mean, it's just this huge, it looks like cast iron light projector thing hooked up to a what looks like a furnace and then going out through the roof. 
And I guess that's what heats the room. Oh, and I, and, I mean, and it's, I guess it's a newer system, but it's based on the old system and it doesn't even, they don't even have it hooked up. Got stacks of all these crazy things because everything's gone digital now. Yeah. And, but the real, the spool, the spools were, looked like a table, a round table. And yeah. there was three of them. And, and you could see where the pulley systems were that would, go down and take it through the machine and then bring it back to the the reel or maybe the other level of the reel. I was just completely blown away at like, that's how they used to have to do that. Yeah. And then to like cut that stuff together. Mm-hmm. And Oh, that's a whole other thing. Yeah. yeah. I know. Splicing. Splicing tape. Yeah, absolutely. So until next time, this is Grant Walker on the Chris and Daryl podcast. Trusting in